Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. discussing season one episode 10 titled number crunch yet another very very good episode uh that does a lot of really awesome stuff on multiple fronts so this episode if we're breaking it down basically has two distinct storylines going concurrently to one another there's the standard self-contained, standalone story that we see week after week after week after week after week. And then there's also, in addition to that, this much more macro story developing under the surface. Both of them are great for very different reasons. Uh, for the purposes of this, of the that's all, folks. For the purposes of this discussion, uh, we will start with the more self-contained standalone storyline, which is so good, so clever. Yet again, they find a way to very ingeniously subvert the formula that they have themselves already set. When we get not one, but four numbers all at once. Like this unprecedentedly large amount of numbers just show up. And now Reese and Finch and Fusco have to deal with like four possible victim and or perpetrators. Have to follow four different people. Have to save four different people. And, like, to see the extent to which they are overwhelmed, like, very, like, early, like, right off the bat, they make sure you understand, like, this is big, and this is hard for them to deal with. This is very, very challenging for Reese and Finch. Help! There's so many numbers that they actually managed to lose a couple of them. They only managed to save, like, two out of the four. The other two die. Uh, One before Reese can ever get to her, and the other right in front of Finch in this amazing stroller bomb scene uh, that is so perfectly done. Uh, And... Throughout the course of, like, Reese following one, Finch following another, Fusco following another, and then eventually the paths converge of the last two that are left alive. You find out they're foster sisters uh, with their foster mother in the hospital and their home being foreclosed on. Uh, You find out that all of this stemmed from a car crash involving a congressman's son 
where he he got into an accident, speeding and on coke. Apparently, he was a drug dealer. He died with a crap ton of cocaine and a crap ton of cash. This group of four people went to, like, four random people, none of whom, aside from the sisters, knew each other. All checked on him, found the coke, found the money, took the money for themselves, divvied it all up. It was like a million bucks, 250 for everyone, quarter of a million for everyone. And now, apparently, Congressman's son was tied to some shady dealings. We find out that not only was he going in a wrong crowd, but he was working directly for his father. There were shady dealings done directly with his father with this uh, BS Haitian children charity. And like just a bunch of bad dealings. Uh, Hitmen are sent after these four individuals to get the money back. Which is where Reese and Finch come in. And it's a really, really phenomenal story that builds in an amazing way. We get some really phenomenal action set pieces out of it. It's great. It's an awesome story that plays out very, very well. But, of course, the real star of this episode, the thing that really stands out to me more than that, is... The aftermath of Reese saving Carter's life. And the arrival of Agent Mark Snow. So this episode begins, and Carter is very noticeably struggling to balance her gratitude for him saving her life. With her duty to bring this guy in. In fact, like, the first scene we see from her in this episode is just a couple of her superiors saying, like, Hey, we think you're working with him. We think you're working with this guy, and that's why he saved your life. And Carter's like, no. No, 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 that's not what's happening. And she's like, frustrated that she's now like her loyalty to the department is called into question it's rough it's really really rough and this only escalates when snow shows up and starts poking around the guy in the suit situation and This, like, stirs up stuff for Carter. Uh, He at one point reaches out to Carter directly and says, Look, this guy's a killer. He's dangerous. He's super paranoid. Uh, He can't trust anyone. Like, he's just... Like a psycho loner dude. And... He's showing her all these pictures of the people... He's killed. Uh, We even see a picture of the handler from a couple episodes ago. uh, From the flashback. And he says, like, he killed her. He trusted her and then killed her and 
went off and became a ghost. Snow eventually is able to convince Carter to work with him to catch John. To catch the guy in the suit. But Carter's still kind of iffy on this because, again, he saved her life. Like, that's enough to make anyone conflicted, uh, moralistically speaking, if the person they're trying to arrest then saves their life. But eventually, when Reese calls to turn in the hitmen to her, and is like, hey, uh, meet me at the parking garage, you'll get these two killers, and you'll make these awesome arrests, At this moment, Carter calls Snow and is like, hey, I know where he's going to be. And so Snow and Carter, while Reese is cleaning up this whole Hitman fiasco, Snow and Carter drive over to that parking garage, intercept Reese. Reese and Snow have this standoff, this altercation, all while Finch is going through the Fusco surveillance. And sees Carter selling him out. And is just rushing over to the parking garage. To save Reese. Uh, But Reese and Snow have this great little standoff. Where Snow's like. Hey John. How you doing? So uh. We need you to come in. Your entire record's clean. We definitely don't have a sniper pointed directly at you. And Reese is like. Nope, not going with you. Also, you definitely have a sniper pointed directly at me. Why did you even point that out? Like, you didn't even have to, like... You clearly have a sniper pointed at me. None of this is explicitly stated, but... (laughs) It's really just the come in, we can expunge your record, and he's like, you'll know that will never happen. All the sniper stuff, not said, but it might as well have been. (laughs) Uh, But Reese gets shot before escaping. We get this uh, big shootout between Reese and Snow before Reese is able to escape with a sniper or gunshot wound. And he's like walking down the stairs of the parking garage and is like, Finch. I want to thank you. You gave me a second chance. Don't come and get me. Don't put yourself in danger. Finch, of course, ignores this immediately. All at the same time, Carter is given this whole fiasco the slip. Carter's given this whole shit show the slip. And has gone down the stairs following Reese while Snow and his sniper associate regroup. Reese gets to the ground floor, Finch immediately pulls up in his car, and, like, starts holding Reese, like, guiding him to the car. Carter shows up, catches Finch with Reese. Hey, remember that time that Carter questioned Finch when Finch was using one of his many aliases? And Finch flat out told her, no, I'm not working with this guy. That's, that's, that's not a thing. You're an idiot. Why would you say that? Yeah, now Carter knows that was completely a lie. This dude is, like, right in front of her. 
with Reese, with the guy in the suit, the dude she's been trying to track for weeks now. And then we get this great moment. Finch and Reese are just standing in the parking garage. Carter has a gun pointed at them. Snow and his associate are on their way down. And then Carter, in that moment, makes the decision to help Reese and Finch escape. She helps Finch guide Reese into the car, loads him up, watches them as they drive away. She literally had them dead to rights and let them Go! Yes! Oh, such a great ending to this episode. Such a magnificent ending to a really, really great episode. Because, like, there's, there's a couple things going on with Carter in this moment. First off, there's her, like... Typical savior complex, I have to save everyone. Here's a man that's literally dying. Second, like, in this moment, she's been weighing this entire episode, what's more powerful? Uh, Her feeling of owing a debt to this person for saving her life, or her duty to arrest him? And the gratitude and owing a debt, like, that ended up outweighing her duty. We have found something more important to her than her duty as a cop. And that is her duty as a human being. To pay back the kindness that was given to her just last episode. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so freaking good. I love this show. Jesus Christ, I love this show. Anyway... Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. It's just a dollar a month. It's not that much. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, If you become a patron, you can also gain access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will put over there once every month. Uh, Or if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, On Monday, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 11. Talk to you then.